What's going on? Welcome into the Sharp Angle Podcast. Thanks for joining us on a Monday. You know the only cure for the Monday blues, Varsity Blues. Okay, that's that's how we're starting today's show, I guess. A little office reference for those who didn't pick that up. But anyway, happy Monday. Hopefully you guys having a nice start to the week. Hopefully it was a nice weekend. How was it? Did you hit some games? Did you do some stuff? I know we had a decent little weekend while we go 4-1 uh, and one over the weekend. Only loss was that nonsense Burnley come-from-ahead blunder. But we'll take it. We will take it. All right, on today's show, NHL Monday, you guys know the drill. First day of the week, let's catch up on what's going on in some hockey. And actually, it's uh, uh, it's trade time. You know, the trade deadline is in one week. And while the NHL isn't necessarily like the NBA, even Major League Baseball, when it comes to the trade deadline, there will be moves that will be made this season. And it's not just because there's always moves made in the NHL. It's because if you look around this season, there's a lot of teams who are right there on the cusp. And we'll talk about a couple today that could take that next step, become a fringe team to a playoff team, a playoff team to a contender, a contender to one of the best teams in the league, right? There's a lot of movement right now that teams can make. The only issue is some teams don't want to move. Some teams don't have the cap space. Some teams hungry to move, but if they move, that means it's going to open someone something else for a team in their division. So it's really an interesting cat and mouse game right now in the NHL. What we'll do on today's podcast, we're going to go through each division and let you know who we to, who we believe to be the teams that need to make a move. If these teams who we talk about today make moves, either big or small at the deadline, they will or they should get good enough to to get over that hump they're at right now. Some of these teams, like I said, they're on the fringe looking to make the playoffs. If they make some moves, they should make the playoffs. Some of these teams, maybe they're playoff teams right now, but they want to elevate themselves to true contenders. Some will do that as well. So we'll take we'll uh, take today and talk a little NHL trade deadline. First things first, special thanks to Better Edge online, betteredge.com, the best place for everyone out there to start making your sports bets. Why? They let you bet VIG free. No joke, you can start betting VIG free today at betteredge.com. Not only do they offer VIG free betting, there's a really cool social component. So you can follow your buddies, you can message them, do a little smack talking, even have tournaments with your friends. If you've got a bunch of buddies, you know, if you're you're in college, you got a bunch of friends, or if you like, uh, if you want to do an office pool or something like that, you know, you want to get the family together. I know it was Easter last weekend, maybe you ran into some relatives you haven't seen in a while, right? If you want to get a pool of your buddies, family members, and just do a pick'em contest with you guys, you can do all of that online at betteredge.com. And the best thing this month, if, if, if you guys are listening and you haven't signed up yet, we're doing a really cool giveaway. We're going to give away $100 to a random person this month. Stay tuned. Details to follow. Probably later this week, Wednesday, Thursday, we'll announce some details for that giveaway. But it's a big giveaway. We're going to give $100 to someone out there and put it in your Better Edge account. Uh, So it's really cool. So check them out online, betteredge.com, B-E-T-T-O-R, edge.com, and stay tuned later this month for our giveaway. All right, so in the NHL, like I said, uh, trade deadline one week away. There's going to be a lot of movement these next seven days. And as you know, we only talk NHL every Monday, once a week. So next week, we'll be wrapping up some trades, seeing who got better and who didn't. But today, this is what I think should happen. 
every division, at least one team. Most divisions will have one team. There's a couple divisions where we will mention a few teams. But let's start off in the East. Uh, right now in the East, Boston is the team who I think needs to make some moves. Okay, currently in the East, Boston is uh, 40. They are uh, currently in fourth place with 43 points. That means they're nine points back. Okay, now if we look at some standings, uh, pull up the... Yeah, so Boston right now is behind Pittsburgh, the New York Islanders, and Washington. And Boston, I do believe, is one of the better teams in the NHL when they're healthy, when they're playing at their best. But let's face it, Boston has not been at their best all season long. And really, this is more of an offensive issue with Boston. Okay, I think everyone would agree, if you've watched Boston a little bit this season, their main issue is 5-on-5 scoring. Now, I know a lot has been made of uh, their blue line. A couple of the defenders they lost this offseason. I mean, Tory Krug, tough to replace. Zadino Chara, tough to replace. And that's what we all thought was going to be the big key this year for Boston. Can they stop teams? That's actually not the biggest deal. John Moore has stepped up, but then he's out. And so now it's like, okay, offense is an issue. John Moore goes down. What does Boston need to do to kind of keep this team going and keep this thing afloat? And this is a pretty straightforward answer, if you ask me, Okay. I think they need, obviously, scoring. I know John Moore went down. Defense, though, hasn't been an issue. And still, I believe Boston has a little wiggle room on defense. They can still... It's not ideal, right? It's certainly not ideal. But they don't need to now scramble for a defender. What they need is someone who can score. A top middle six winger, top middle six center that can come in and produce. Now, I'm going to mention Taylor Hall a lot today because Taylor Hall, one of the more talented players in the league who's having just a terrible season. I'm not sure how how good a season anyone would have playing in Buffalo. And that includes, you know, Connor McDavid, Nathan McKinnon, these kind of guys. They could be playing in Buffalo and, and lay an egg as well this year. So I don't put much of this on Taylor Hall at all. Um, so I think they should go after Taylor Hall. But there's a couple of other guys out there. Uh, Kyle Palmieri of the New Jersey Devils. I think he'd be a great fit. Now, uh, Nick Feligno from the Blue Jackets would, would, would be a great fit as well. So I do believe that Boston has more than enough cap space to make a room, not necessarily a Taylor Hall, but they can definitely get Kyle Palmieri, uh, Feligno in there, and they can start adding to that offense immediately. Is Boston going to catch um, teams like Washington, maybe the Islanders? I doubt it. I believe they can catch Pittsburgh, even though they are seven points back at Pittsburgh. They've played four fewer games than all these teams ahead of them in the standings. So Washington, Islanders, and, and Pittsburgh all have played 38 games. Boston's played 34, okay? And this is not really reflected in the futures market as well. So if you see a Boston ticket out there, anything for 13, 14 to 1 or better, I'd take that right now. Because Boston has a lot of games to make up. If they make a move, they can bring themselves back into the discussion with Washington and the Islanders. So I think Boston is the one team in the East that uh, certainly needs to make a move. And I think it comes down to Taylor Hall, Kyle Palmieri, Nick Feligno. All right, let's go on to the North or the Canadian Division A. Our Canadian friends up North A. Uh, In the North right now, Toronto currently leading the North uh, with 53 points. Edmonton in second place with 47 points. And that's who I'm going to talk about today, the Edmonton Oilers. Because Edmonton has really surprised me this season. I didn't know they'd have the the uh, commitment to defense that they've shown this season. You know, look, if they're playing 82 games, maybe this doesn't last. But they're getting everything they want and more defensively in Edmonton. 
And keep in mind, the two top point scorers in the league both play for the the Oilers. Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. And it's funny. I ask all my buddies about hockey who really don't watch hockey. I don't have a whole lot of friends who are just, you know, love hockey. And I ask all my like, oh, you guys hear of uh, Connor McDavid? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We know Connor McDavid. You guys ever hear of Leon Dreisaitl? And there's crickets. And it's like, I, it, it's so weird how this happens, but, you know, I, I don't know whether it's TV or commercials or the publicity Connor McDavid got coming out of uh, uh, college or whatever it was, but... Leon Dreisaitl is pretty much as good as Connor McDavid. Maybe like a slight, slight, slight step behind him. But it's funny. Whenever we think of the great players in the league, we think of, uh, I mean, even Taylor Hall maybe mentioned or Nathan McKinnon or uh, uh, Victor Hedman or, uh, I mean, even Alex Ovechkin may still be kind of thrown into that in terms of scoring and finishing, right? Those kind of things. When it comes to star players, I I feel like Leon Dreisaitl always is flying under the radar. He's the most disrespected player in the entire league. Okay, So I just had to put that out there. I always felt that's been the case, and I wanted to mention that here. They're not going to move him or anything like that. I just want to kind of stand up for my guy, Leon Dreisaitl. Okay? But either way, Edmonton should make a move because right now they need to do something to get on the same level as not only Toronto in their same division, but some of these other great teams in the NHL because come playoff time, Edmonton's going to be shocked with this other talent in the league if they don't get a little bit better. And having said all of that, the Oilers are probably one of the few teams in the NHL who are being very transparent about they want about what they want, what they want to do this next week, and how they want to use the trade deadline. The Oilers are targeting two forward positions. Okay, very clear what they're looking for. They're looking for a center to play in the bottom six who can win face-offs and is preferably right-handed. And then they're looking for a top six fit, whether it's center or a winger, you know, probably more winger, but they're looking for top six scoring. So someone in the top six who can come in and help Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid because so far, the help they brought in this offseason, <coughs> Kyle Turris, they're not doing anything to help the Oilers scoring. So they need someone to come in and fill in that second line when Dreisaitl and, and Connor McDavid play together. And <laughs> I know Taylor Hall was mentioned earlier, but Taylor Hall would be a great fit for this team. Now, the issue would be Edmonton doesn't want to give up that much because they don't need that much. They need to give up a piece or two. And I'd say the two players right now on the table for Edmonton would be Caleb Jones and William Lagerson, two defenders who aren't that expensive. So the Oilers can maybe move them, maybe move a couple of draft picks, but they don't want to give too much away just to get back a top six le- a winger or a bottom six center. So in terms of the top six winger, less likely, I'd say Taylor Hall, bring him in, but Is he too expensive? Potentially. I think that's less likely. What I think is more likely is them getting a bottom six center to help the depth of that team. And I think there's no one better than Luke Glendening from Detroit. I think Luke Glendening would be a perfect fit for the Oilers. He's fast. He's coachable. I think he would get along very, very well with that offense. And look what he's doing this year in Detroit. I mean, you know, Detroit's not a very good team at all. Dead last in my power rankings in every category. But Luke Glendening has proven that he can find area on the ice. He can work and he plays both ways and he can win faceoffs. I mean, he's pretty much everything Edmonton's looking for. So I think Luke Glendening would be a perfect fit for them. And if they're looking for that top six winger, man, how good would it be for them to get Taylor Hall? I would put them immediately, probably a top five team if they landed Hall. But Edmonton, if they make some moves, they can absolutely put themselves in that next category in the NHL.
All right, let's move on to the West Division. The West, currently led by the Colorado Avalanche. And uh, once the Avs got over their injury concerns, got healthy, not too much of an argument who the best team in the West is. Colorado first with 54 points. Then Vegas in second with 50. Minnesota in third with 48. We're not going to talk about those teams right now. We're going to talk about teams who are in fourth and fifth in the West. Because keep in mind, the top four teams make the playoffs from every division. So there's going to be a very intense race coming up towards the end of the season with Arizona and St. Louis. And those are the two teams we're going to talk about today in the in the West. So St. Louis, okay, I'm not going to spend as much time on them. They're currently in fifth place, 38 points. And they've got a couple pieces that they are willing to move from. Vince Dunn and Mike Hoffman. And St. Louis has been injured. I mean, St. Louis coming into the season, they were probably a trade or two away from getting on the same level as the Avalanche or the Golden Knights. After this year, though, and what they've dealt with with, with injuries, it's not about getting to that level anymore with Colorado and Vegas. It's about making the playoffs. And St. Louis has to decide, are they going to go all in, quote-unquote, this year, make the moves and try and squeak into the playoffs, then, then create some magic, or do they keep keep the same team, look to hit the reset button this offseason, and go from there? I'm not sure, right? St. Louis isn't being anywhere near as communicative or transparent as, say, Edmonton is about their desires. So I'm not sure if they're looking to do anything. They could use a little bit of everything, a little bit of defense, a little bit of offense. I believe they certainly need more help defensively, but no matter what they do, it's about edging out Arizona. This is not about catching Minnesota, Colorado, Vegas. It's about edging out Arizona. And I just don't know if St. Louis is going to make any moves. Okay. Arizona, same situation. Arizona's in a really weird, unique spot because they have several players, probably the most players in the league, who kind of fit the bill for players that move at this time of the year. And what that means is they've got a lot of players who are veterans who have expiring contracts. And that includes uh, Drake Kajula, Alex Golkowski, Derek Broussard, Jason Demers, Christian Dvorak, Darcy Kemper, Jordan Osterley, and Antti Ranta. My God, that's a lot of veterans with contracts coming up. So Arizona's got to ask themselves, you know, look, if they weren't doing this well this season, I guarantee this would be an easy answer. They would sell, 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 look to rebuild. They've got a great young core. Okay, they've got all these veterans who help a team like Arizona. So I think this is really interesting what's going to happen this next week with the with the Coyotes. Do they decide they're really close and want to make some moves? Because that would mean getting rid of a few key veteran pieces that may allow may have allowed them to be as good as they are so far this year. Or do they not move off of anybody and hope this core can at least make the playoffs? Because again, for Arizona's motivation right now, it's not about catching Colorado, Vegas, Minnesota. It's about edging out St. Louis for that playoff spot. So it's really interesting. That's going to be a tight race coming down to the end of the year. St. Louis, Arizona, jockeying for position in the West. And we'll wrap up things by talking about the Central Division. And the standings currently look like this. Florida is in first place with 56 points. Tampa in second with 54. Carolina in third with 53. Tight race for the top three. And uh, I could see anything happening to end the season. Uh, Fourth place, Nashville. Bit of a jump back. 41 points in fourth. Chicago fifth with 39. And the Dallas Stars in sixth with 36. Um, That's as far as we're going to go. Columbus and Detroit obviously not having great seasons. But... We're going to focus today on two teams of the Central, the team who's in first place, Florida, and the team who's in sixth place in in Dallas. So kind of an interesting approach here uh, to the Central, but let's start with Dallas because Dallas, 
it, it's so weird, this team, the, the journey they've been on. I mean, they went to the Stanley Cup Finals last year with an interim head coach. Okay, They bring him back, have a nightmare start to the season. I think a lot of people out there are wondering, who are the Dallas Stars? Like, How good is this team? Now, they do have some players that they could potentially move. Um, uh, Mark Pisk, Andrew Cogliano, Blake Kameu, even their goalie, Anton Kudobin. Okay? But I think Dallas knows a couple things. First of all, they're much better than they've been playing this year, as we saw last year. And second of all, they've got a couple games in hand. If they win a few games here and get hot, they can find themselves right back in the mix. The only issue there is, can they get hot? Can they just flip the switch? I'm not so sure this team is capable of that. Okay, so they've got the right pieces. They've got the right players. It's been a horrible season so far, but they can make the playoffs. They are certainly within striking range. I don't care if they're in sixth. They can get hot and make the playoffs. And again, the the points, let's pull it up. The points separating Dallas and the next playoff team. So Nashville's in fourth with 41 points. Dallas is in sixth with 36 points. So they're five games back from a playoff spot. And they've, again, played three fewer games in Nashville. So if they win all three of those games, they would be tied then with a playoff spot. So to think that the sky is falling in Detroit or in uh, Dallas and there's nothing they can do, that's incorrect. If they make a couple moves and bring in some people who can immediately help them, I think that this team could do that. They could get hot and they could find themselves quickly moving up the standings. Now, who would they need, right? And I think for Dallas, it comes it comes down to scoring. Like a lot of these teams are talking about today, it seems to be an issue for teams who need to build. They need scoring. I'm not going to bring up Taylor Hall again because I don't think Dallas can do anything to get a player like Taylor Hall, but I think they could do something to get uh, Jake DeBrusque. I think they could potentially do something to get... Uh, Kyle Palmieri, who we, who we mentioned earlier. Okay, so there's people that they can bring in that I think would be able to help them. Defensively, Dallas is a good team. And it's not just because they're great defenders. It's because the style they play. So when you play that kind of a style, okay, it can be, it can be frustrating for a lot of forwards. I'm sure if Jamie Benn or, you know, Radulov were playing with, with another team, they'd have better offensive stats. You know, players understand that. But... If they bring in a little more help on offense, I think that's what's going to take Dallas over the top. So Dallas needs a little bit of help. They can't do a whole lot, not a ton of wiggle room, but I think they need to make a move. And Florida. Let's talk about Florida because the Florida Panthers are a huge surprise this year. They're currently first place in the Central, which I know how funny is that, right? Florida and Tampa battling it out in the Central, but uh, that's the case. Uh, First place with 56 points. And if they wanted to move, they could technically move their goalie, Chris Dreiger, or their center, uh, Henrik uh, Borgstrom, uh, who is currently unsigned, but the Panthers hold his rights. So if anyone is to move, it would be Borgstrom, who hasn't played much for him. I don't see them getting rid of Dreiger because they're in a play- they're in a race right now, and they're not going to get off one of their you know goalies. Uh, but the thing with Florida, they may be looking to move picks too because I don't think they want to mess up what's going on with this young core. Keep in mind, Florida has made the playoffs two times the last 18 years. They don't want to kind of go all in this year and not ensure a good future. What Florida wants is to be good for the next five years. They don't want to be good for one year and then go back into the abyss. So Florida needs to be careful here that they don't move too much, even though they're currently in first place. Now, I'm not sure how the recent injury to Aaron Ekblad is going gonna, is gonna to affect things. Do they panic? Does that front office panic and say, oh no, we had Aaron Ekblad. This team was set up for a Stanley Cup run. Now we need to replace him. Okay? If that's the case, they can make a couple moves. And 
I don't think replace is a good word because you can't really replace Aaron Ekblad, but you can mitigate his loss. You can find someone to come in and fill in for a little bit of what he did, which will help this team kind of stay where they are. So the the two defenders they should bring in or, or look to bring in who would really fill that role nicely, I think the one that makes the most sense factoring in salary cap issues too would be Vince Dunn for St. Louis, okay? I currently have Vince Dunn rated the 11th best defender in the entire NHL. This guy can, well, the 11th best right-hand defender, okay, in the NHL. This guy can play. And actually, I believe, I don't want to confuse anyone I hear, I believe technically for all you puckheads out there, he's listed as a left uh, uh, defender, but he's playing on the right-hand side for St. Louis. So there you go. But anyway, Vince Dunn is good. He's cheap. I think that's a player they could automatically bring in. And while he's not going to completely replace everything Ekblad did, he would be a perfect fit for that team. So I think they should get Vince Dunn from St. Louis. If, however, they want to maybe throw in uh, Henrik Borgstrom, maybe a couple picks, or maybe a pick in a player, I do think if they get off a couple dollars, Florida should look to bring in Mark Stahl from Detroit. Okay, Detroit looking to sell. I'm sure they'd get rid of you know some of their veteran pieces if it means they're getting picks back. And Florida may have the recipe there. So if Florida wants to depart with some picks and maybe a player or two, I think Mark Stahl would be such a good fit for that Panthers team. But currently they're in first place. They're looking really good in the Central. So, all right, that does it for today's show. A little NHL deadline talk. But uh, hopefully you guys got something out of that. Stay tuned this next week. It's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be really interesting to see who makes some moves. Who's going to do what it takes to get to that next level. And that's what we'll talk about on uh, next Monday as well, I'm sure. So, all right, whatever you guys have going on tonight, this evening, good luck. We'll talk to you tomorrow on The Sharp Angle.